0: hello and welcome to another rousing edition of trending topics with bb i am your host brooke brown hence the bb well we are back for the first episode of 2021 how exciting and uh it is a live stream video episode which you can now find on twitch.tv slash saxy15 the trending topics with bb facebook page and youtube.com saxy15 uh and I, the reason I'm explaining that, as you will hear in the audio, is that we are live and I introduce my guest and also mention that you could interact live with us uh, via comments. So if you are one of those that would like to do that in the future, hoping to do more of these episodes. Also bookmark the official website, com. This episode will be uploaded there very shortly and you can catch up on all the past episodes. Now, if you are a Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any platform where you can leave a favorable rating, a comment, please do so. It helps this podcast be found by other listeners like yourself. So thank you. And I just want to get into it. My lovely guest is known as Lizzie Curious. She uh, is from the UK. She's an international singer-songwriter, producer, DJ. And as we get into on this episode, she is also a teacher, a, an instructor at Point Blank Music School. So without further ado, I'll give you my wonderful conversation with Lizzie Curious. 21 wonders happy New Year, everybody. And welcome to a new episode of Trending Topics with BB. My lovely guest Lizzie Curious is here, as you can see. Uh, but uh, one thing I do want to point out for those that are watching this live or will be watching this live or live is that we're, as you can tell, live so you can put in your questions and comments and we'll try to field them as we go along in our conversation and uh, hopefully we could be interactive with you guys as you tune in. So welcome Lizzie to my podcast. I'm glad we can make this happen and all the way from the other side of the world. Uh, I love it. Uh, so welcome and uh, I want to first start with uh, kind of your background in music and kind of the journey you've been on. I know you've You've won awards and and I love all of your tracks. So before we get into that, I just kind of want to go through your background and and talk about your journey through music as a singer songwriter, as well as a DJ and producer. So welcome.
1: Amazing, well, thank you. It is really nice to be here with you. And um, yeah, it's great to uh, have a chance to chat. Um, so my career in music really well my love for music started when I was really teeny tiny in fact uh, I have a recording uh, that my dad made when I was a baby uh, of me and he was sort of had put some headphones on and my mum comes in and says I'll put some music on she loves music Um, and I really from the age of I think it was three or four uh, I started to learn to play the recorder and my mum taught me that and so by the time I even got to school I was Really like playing uh, a bit of the obvious, very basic uh, musical instrument the recorder and I really just ever since then loved music. Um, growing up I was really fortunate at school I was able to learn the flute um, and the piano and I did like a classical style singing as well. Uh, and I did that all through school and college. And I was gonna go to uni to do a music degree, uh, but uh, I'm showing my age here a little bit now. But when I went to look at the courses back then, it was only really kind of doing like sort of like, like classical music. Uh, and there wasn't really any other options, whereas obviously now we have with, like technology side and business side. So, you know, there would be a lot of, um uh, you know, people sort of saying, well, what will you do after your degree? You'll just end up working in a music shop. And so um I kind of decided to take some time out. And I went to uni and did a sensible degree for anyone who's listening that, to that on the audio. I did the uh, what are they called the air commerce around that sensible degree. <laughs> yeah, so um, while I was doing that sensible degree, uh, I was studying at Guildford, which is a town just outside of the main boroughs of London, so like a 40-minute train ride into the centre of London, and that is where I discovered dance music, that is where I discovered this amazing world of uh, underground clubs with the most loveliest people, basically the Groove Cruise vibe, but this is 20 years ago, but that kind of vibe where every Everybody is a friend. Everyone will hold the door open for you. And, you know, if you brush past them, oh, I'm so sorry, like, I didn't mean to, you know, that, and it's just a really, really, really happy, lovely place with amazing music. Um, and so then it's very cliche, but I spent my student loan on some vinyl decks and set them all up. And uh, one of my memories is because, again, when I was learning to DJ, um, there, with, there was no internet. We would just get an email and we'd go to the computer room once a week to check our emails. That's like how long ago this was. So you couldn't Google how to DJ. You know, I, I there was only like one other person I knew at uni that even had decks. So I was completely self-taught, uh, but loved it and got hooked and then started sending out demo tapes as they actually were then to clubs and started getting my first gigs and that was about 20 years ago and then for the sort of next five to eight years i was you know, kind of doing it as a, a, you know, like a passionate hobby and really loving it. And then I kind of decided that I really wanted to focus my whole career on music. So I went back to college and did a BTEC in music technology, which then existed and it was amazing and I loved it. And then I started really um, working on doing vocals on tracks. Um, So I had quite a few uh, different tracks with um, some quite well-known producers. Probably the biggest track that I had around that time was with Robbie Rivera. It was called Departures, but Cosmic Gate remixed it. And they used it for like a lot of their shows at that time. And so that kind of really, uh, you know, helped sort of get my name out there. Um, And then after a couple more years after that, I started really looking at the production side and producing my own tracks as well, because I was just finding and it is unfortunate the way it is in the industry, but uh, things are a lot better now. But vocalists tended to not be appreciated in the same way the producers were. So I really felt in order to kind of establish myself, I needed to be able to produce the entire track as well as do the vocal on it. Um, So then yeah, I learned how to do that. And then yeah, been DJing, producing tracks, singing, writing music um, ever since.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So I kind of want to go back to kind of have something in common where I started playing the saxophone when I was in seventh grade. So you started with that whole training of of music theory and playing instruments and the classical training. I didn't, I mean, uh, schools here in in, uh, the U.S. are a little bit different, but yeah, that's where I got my love for music, hence my screen name. (laughs) Um, So I think that's great, but I also wanna touch on something that you you, you discovered dance music a little bit later, but that was when you were kind of on your journey to, to going to, university for music studies Mm. when did you decide that like classical versus electronic music you you found more of a love in the in the side of electronic and and singing and songwriting part of it
1: i think honestly what happened was um after i got my a-level results and i'm not sure exactly how that equates to the u.s education system but basically it's kind of like uh, when you would be getting ready to go to uni so those grades you get really determine if you're getting to the university you want to go and I was predicted to get an A in music and I actually got a C now obviously with so much more world experience under my belt I actually know that C is really pretty good but at the time it kind of gave me like a massive crisis of confidence because it wasn't what I'd expected. So I didn't get into the uni that I had expected. So it was kind of like at that point, I think that I don't think I really realised it at the time. But actually, I think I was quite, quite sort of taken aback by that. And I kind of put a lot of it on the back burner for a while, you know, while I was just, you know, deciding what else I might do. So it was really at that point, and I'd kind of got to the stage of playing the piano where if I wanted to do another grade it was grade eight which is like the one that musicians can spend a whole year like kind of working towards and doing and I don't think I was ready to kind of commit to that much intensity Um. so yeah it was at that point that I mean I'd always loved all sorts of music so when I was at college I was very much into my indie and my grunge and I had like uh steel cap toe, steel toe cap Dr. Martins and was wearing like tie dye, you know, skirts and velvet jackets and, you know, thrift stores and all that kind of thing. And um, so I was really, in, and I was, in, I was in a band actually, I forgot that. I was a lead singer in like an indie band as well. I forgot that bit. So the music was always really, really there, but I think it was that classical style. I always particularly loved the The composition as well that was like one of my favorite parts so that was always there and I think you know I just without really planning to I just took subconsciously took a little bit of a break from it and then yeah it's like amazing how it's all really come full circle and it all started when I was at uni and I discovered uh, the joys of electronic dance music.
0: Awesome so back then did did you notice kind of what it is now of like breakdown of Genres, it or was it just electronic music? Because I discovered discovered it in the '90s myself, and I just knew it as electronic music. But now we break it down: is it house? Is it trance? Is it whatever it may be? Uh, so, sorry, what, what is? Have you figured? What is your thoughts on like the music being the music, and whether it's a genre? or whether it's just the vibes that we're going to go into about the Groove Cruise and, and kind of how it brought you to it.
1: I think actually it's it's a little bit a combination of the both. Uh, and when I was first going out, the music that I discovered that I was going to was very much a kind of combination of trance and a bit of progressive, and then what we would call hard house, which is actually like uh, 140, 145 BPM, really banging stuff. But it was the energy that went with it was the bit that I really loved. So I was DJing that for about sort of five years. And then I start started to then discover house music. And then I kind of really was like, oh, for a year or two, like, I really love trance, and I really love house. And then I was like, well, I like to DJ both. But then I thought, well, if I really need to progress, I kind of need to make a choice. And there's just something about the groove of house music that always kind of and the fun element I think as well like um that always kind of pulled me and I've still got like a really soft spot for trance and like melodic house you know and funnily enough I do a lot of vocals of that style and I love it but from a DJ point of view I'm always kind of pulled like to that funky groove so I then started to kind of veer off uh Towards the path, house music, but I think the genre thing is quite funny, and I think also, like genres can suddenly get like a bad name for no real reason other than the fact they get really popular, and like I've seen it happen in the UK so many times over the years. So there'll be like a, un, it happened with electro house in about two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, and like we like me and my friends as DJs were like really into it and and then it you could see it kind of starting to cross over into the mainstream and get into the main charts and then everyone starts producing it and then it kind of like dies off and so there's like these kind of peaks and troughs but I think house music itself just has that quality that can be really really timeless as well and that's also like such a nice thing I could talk
0: about that for an hour so. <laughs> <laughs> well if i sort kind of a,
1: much of a tangent
0: <laughs> no worries along along those lines though i've noticed there's been kind of this resurgent in recent years of like the disco feeling in mm. house music and i love mm. it i mm. never i never mm. disliked disco i mean i grew up my parents are from that era so i grew up listening to all kinds of stuff so I think it's funny that people are like, oh, Disco is back, but did it really ever leave in-house? Because you, you you hear that in a lot of tracks, specifically mm-hmm. in some of the recent ones you've released and, and some others that are really popular right now in mm-hmm. Beatport. So what is your thoughts on like this integration of different styles within house?
1: I think it's brilliant. I love it. I love, yeah, I love the opportunities that house music has to do just that. And, you know, yeah, I love disco stuff. Like, I just love it. Um, And I think that um, in general now, I think there's a bit more fluidity between kind of like disco and house and I think that a lot of DJs will kind of put uh, you know their playlist and it will kind of weave a bit between sort of disco house tech house and kind of go in and out a bit and I think that things aren't as pigeonholed as they used to used to be and I think like a house DJ can have a really good appreciation for disco and like vice versa and I just don't think that they're kind of like as kind of neatly boxed in as they used to be and I think like um, defect I think have played played quite a big part in that with their glitter box brand, which is to me, I mean, I you know from my what I see, it's like predominantly disco but there are like elements of house and then you'll be listening to like the defective playlist and then they'll weave in elements of disco as well. And another, one of my favourite labels, Tool Room, in the last few years, I've noticed that they've alongside like their kind of core like tech house, which some can be like really banging and underground and some's a lot more groovy, but they've bought out a lot more kind of vocally house tracks and, you know, more kind of disco uh, influence tracks as well. And I think um, that's really great because you're kind of banging tech house is brilliant, but it doesn't have so many opportunities to be heard. So I think it's quite nice for artists to maybe collab with artists that are like in related genres but maybe it's going to bring out like a little bit of a different sound and then you know like my new collaboration with James is definitely much more like tech house and I definitely think it's got like that kind of banging feel to it but I think it's quite nice because it's still it's like our two musical styles combined which then it gives it that opportunity to be heard in kind of like daytime summary sets this is obviously when we're not in the middle of a pandemic um, as well as kind of like banging sets so yeah I, I think it's great I think you know I'm not into um like genre snobbery or anything like that you know I just I just think good music is good music
0: right and, and you mentioned earlier that a big thing in your career was when uh Cosmic Gate remixed your track they're actually they were on the podcast last year um so when when other artists recognize uh your work and and kind of how are you feeling about the inclusivity of artists now in the industry, as well as women? Because there's been a really big, you know, great move for women in house music as DJs, specifically now on Twitch. I think 2020 became Fem House Fridays is like huge on Twitch. There's some, a lot of great DJs that I wasn't aware of before the pandemic. Um, but what is, what is your thought on inclusivity in the industry?
1: I think that I've kind of experienced like a lot of uh inherent sexism. Uh when I was first down, you know, it was terrible. I would turn up for a gig and uh if there was a sound engineer in the club, you know, rather than saying that, oh, could you just like take the mids off a little bit, they would just reach over and like actually just I'm like I could do that, you know, um, and just and there's a lot of, you know, is when I was about 10 years ago, it could be quite daunting. I remember going to ADE, the Amsterdam uh, Dance Music Conference, and like literally, it, you know, is much, much better now, although it's not as much as I thought it would have kind of swung, you know, to be kind of more evened out. But you know, you'd kind of see just one or two women dotted about and it's like, and it's and there there used to be, and again, it's not so much now, but there used to be a lot of inherent like, oh hey bro, and it was kind of like just assumed that producers would be male, for example. Um, I never experienced anything towards me that was really, you know, really, uh, really frustrating. But there were like little elements that I was like, yeah, this is kind of tough. And one thing that I would say is, and again, it's really improved now, but it was a real challenge, I think, for vocalists to get taken to be as important on a composition of a track as the producer was. So, you know, we, I read a brilliant article recently where I was talking about some of the most, the biggest house tracks and the vocalists on the house tracks aren't even credited. So, you know, everyone will know. I mean, I just read a really interesting article actually on, um, uh, I forget, uh, it's Rudy Silva, Touch Me. I think that's the one. And the vocalist is Cassandra, but no one ever knows that it was Cassandra that sung that. And, you know, with the big house tracks, most of them would be nothing without the vocal. So why was it that sometimes the vocalist didn't even get credited, which... um, has really, you know, like serious ramifications for their career, why can't they be recognised for their contribution to the track, but also potentially for royalties that are due to them, if their name isn't on the title of the track as a featured artist, they may not receive as high proportion of royalties as they should. So there was a lot of issues like that, and I myself had an interesting challenge where it was accepted, sorry, expected that as a vocalist it would be a superstar DJ featuring Lizzie Curious. And I went through a couple of years of working with producers and saying like, hey, like, would it be cool? Are you okay if it's and Lizzie Curious? Uh, there was a couple of reasons why. For example, Beatport at the time, if you were Featuring, then the track wouldn't show up on your profile as an artist if it was and then it would but it's also I think it's just recognizing that the vocals on the track play a really really important part so I think that that is also really really improving I think the diversity that you get on lineups is improving I think we've got a long long way to go and you know and I'm surprised that it hasn't you know there's not been more female DJs that have, you know, sort of, sort of come into creativity and still when you, you know, sort of look at lineups and you look at um, conferences, there's such a high proportion of male, but I think that it's definitely got a lot better. And I think that what's also really good is that the knowledge is out there for any artist to really empower yourself to understand how the industry works, how you can make a career out of it. And that, you know, would would stand for anyone, no matter what kind of, you know, area of, of society they came from or, uh, you know, gender, etc. I think it's definitely become more inclusive, which is brilliant. And I really like trying my best to support up and coming female DJs, because, you know, I think we've all got a really, you know, collaboration is, is the greatest thing we can do really. So I think it's definitely getting better, but I think that there's still a lot of improvements that could also be made.
0: Right. and you're also an instructor at Point Blank as well, right? For the London office? Awesome. So talk about the students and, and the teaching you do there. Because I know there was one here in LA, but it shut down because of the pandemic. And so maybe I'll take online courses, because um, I'm kind of getting into it myself. Yeah. Um, but talk about, you know, your work with Point Blank, because I did meet the those folks, because I went to Winter Music Conference in 2019. So I talked, to them about it, but you know, timing with everything. Uh, So talk about your work there.
1: I uh, teach online for Point Blank. I did spend a year teaching uh, at their London campus, uh, but then I had I lived on live on the south coast of the UK, and I was very close to Brighton, which is like an hour train journey into the centre of London. So that was quite doable as a commute. But then I moved along a little bit, and then it was like an hour and a half. And then when you add in your kind of travel time into London, it was getting to be quite a quite a long commute. Uh, and just you know it was very serendipitous I'd been thinking to myself I'd love to teach online I wonder you know like if I should approach them and then I got an email from my school director saying would you be interested in teaching online so I was like ah it's amazing Um, so I teach um, music industry which is a entry level course uh, from anyone aged 18 to 80. Uh, and I teach online. So I have students from all around the world, which is fantastic. Uh, and this is basically a module which will show you how to have a long standing career in music, how to understand how all the areas of the industry operate uh, and you know, where your revenue streams are as an artist. Uh, and that is really really important you know and uh, I wish that I had had an option to do a course like that when I went into music 20 years ago Um, so I also teach uh, record deals and branding which is focused on two parts first is looking at the different kind of deals you'll come across in the industry so really understanding what's in Different contracts that you may be looking to sign, uh, understanding the legal terms and what the, like implications are of what you're signing, uh, and then the other side of that is developing a really really good artist brand or you know a business brand. Say maybe you're going to be setting up a management company or you know designing software plugins, whatever it is you want to do, creating a really really strong brand identity and understanding how to market yourself, and um, this. Type Um, I'm going to be teaching music publishing for the first time, which I'm really looking forward to. So Point Blank um, recently launched a new um, music industry degree. Um, Excuse me. So I'm going to be teaching the music publishing module. So that's really looking at the side of business that is all focused around the composition. So, again, it's understanding where the money is that comes from if you're writing compositions. If you're a composer or a songwriter, how can you get that money? Where what would you get that money for and understanding how it all links and works together and the contracts and yeah I really love it because I love seeing artists and anyone who wants to work in the music industry I've taught a lot of students who are going on to work in A&R or management uh, or marketing and I love seeing them get that empowerment and I think that was a thing that for so many decades in the music industry was missing was that there was, a, and I experienced it myself as an artist. I would receive agreements for a track to sign, and I, literally i it was like looking at something in a foreign language and i'd get quite anxious about it because i just didn't understand what these different things meant and how they worked and i wanted to get my music out there but you know and and when you feel that lacking in knowledge you definitely feel like on the back foot and you definitely feel inferior and you can really see how historically i think the big players in the music industry unfortunately were able to get away with you know giving artists terrible contracts and all of these things. But now the knowledge is there and I love seeing these students absorb it all up and like they're ready to just get out there and have brilliant careers in the industry. And it makes me really happy because I love helping people.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I think it's great that like we have that now where you can take courses on that. Because I think a lot of the the, the issue was is the publishing side or just the back end of the industry has kind of been a mystery, unless you're kind of in it for so many years. And so a lot of people are interested in the industry, but they don't realize a lot, the business side of things. And
1: complicated, really so, complicated.
0: right. Do you see anything changing going forward now that kind of the world is changing <laughs> in terms of mm-hmm. right now during the, the pandemic and just kind of the platforms that people have?
1: I think that um, certainly here in the UK, since the pandemic hit, because obviously artists weren't able to go on tour and do their shows, um, it really uh, brought the focus back onto music streaming. And there is a lot; of, it's been ongoing, but I think it's just a bit more public in the public eye now. Um, how little most artists normally earn from music streaming, so. It sounds when you get thousands of streams, it sounds like a lot and it is a lot. But the funds that that generates for you as an artist are, you know, you you, if you got, say, 10,000 streams, uh, you might earn. I mean, this is obviously like an estimate and it depends on deals you sign with labels, etc. But you might earn maybe 50 bucks, 40 or 50 bucks for like 10,000 streams. Um, So you can see how your huge artists like your chain smokers or um I don't know uh Diplo for example, like they're bankrolling it because they're getting millions of streams and at that point when you're getting that many it is yeah you know happy days and it's also like that kind of thing where the more streams you get, the more playlists you'll get into and the bigger playlists you'll get into then the more people are here. So it makes it harder and harder. For the entry level artists and those sort of middle class artists who don't have huge amounts of budget to put into their marketing. So one of the things that I'm always teaching my students at Point Blank is that to be successful in the industry, you really need to be smart. So streaming is all, I I think it's always gonna be there. I think it brings out some amazing opportunities. I think the fact that we can release our music ourselves or through independent labels is brilliant. But I think that unless, you know, it does depend on your style of music. And if you're writing, you know, really, you know, popular kind of commercial EDM, which is gonna get into those big playlists, you may well have like a really profitable career from streaming. But it's not the only income that's out there. And I think what the pandemic has brought about is that actually it has been a real shock to a lot of artists that when the money that comes from their touring and their shows has been taken away. And also like the associated things like the merch that you might have sold at your tours, etc. When that's all gone, then you go back to look at the income of streaming and then you see comparatively how little it is when there's so many tens of thousands of people who are playing your music. And the other thing I think that also has become under scrutiny <clears throat> is the models that the streaming platforms use to work out how how they're gonna divvy up their revenue to the artists without again, going into too much detail. But it basically, it's another model that favors the top tiers so rather than, you know, you take your $10 subscription and if you were only listening to Lizzie Curious, like for the whole time that you were streaming, which, yay, thank you, um, <laughs> but yet yeah some of your money from your streaming subscription would still go to your Dua Lipa's, your Ed Sheeran's, et cetera, because of the way that it works in as much as proportionally overall, they've got way more streams and way more listeners. I mean, I've really summarized it, so I probably didn't explain it very well, but these are the sorts of things that in the pandemic, people are actually taking a step and looking at and saying, well, hang on, what's happening why is it that there are millions of streams, but then this artist is not getting enough? And the thing is, I think the streaming platforms are getting a bad rap, but it's not just down to them. It is also down to deals that record labels have put into place. They may not be that great for the artist. So I think in the pandemic, that's one thing that has come to the forefront a bit. I also do think that the live streaming uh, has been very interesting. I think that for DJs, because of the copyright issues it may not be something that can be like a long-term business model for us because uh, but if you're an artist creating your own music and playing your own music then uh, you ca- you've got the rights to you know to do whatever you like with that and to broadcast it so you don't run the risk of having your stream pulled uh so obviously we saw what happened with facebook and i think the thing with twitch is that they've got a really good opportunity to get the licensing right and as a dj i would happily pay a license to twitch which would go to all the creators of the music that so i could play their music and as creator of music First and foremost, I'm just happy that other people will find out about me as a producer and hear my music. So I would be happy. But unfortunately, it's not just down to me. And it, do you know what I mean? So I think it will be interesting to see what happens with Twitch in the next six months and various laws and legislation. Um, but I do think that opportunities to build up a community with Twitch are amazing. And I think I would have really struggled this past year if I hadn't have had Twitch and my live streams. So I'm really grateful for Groove Cruise in the first place because you suddenly had all these DJs that were stuck in a pandemic, couldn't order any equipment off of Amazon, Uh, And and we were all at home. So a lot of us didn't have, you know, like I was going to a radio station, to a studio there to do my radio show. So there was all equipment there. So I had like just my more simple home setup and and my studio. So I was missing like a few connectors and a few leads. And I remember me and um, Mike, my other half, we just got everything out on my dining room table. Like this is everything we've got. How can we make this work? What can we plug into this and how can we use that? And it was like some kind of like, I don't know, like, uh, the best thing I can liken it to, but please bear in mind without any of the drama and no one's lives are at risk. But, you know, uh, in Apollo, I think it's Apollo 13, where they're back in space and they are on the spaceship and all they've got for equipment is what's there. And then down on the ground, they, like, go to the, the, you know, the the meeting room and they're like, right, this is what the guys have got up in space. This is what we need to do. Make it happen. (laughs) obviously like <laughs> in incredibly less dramatic circumstances but that's kind of what it was because i couldn't pop out to a shop and get the connected i needed so there's nothing on amazon but groove crews were brilliant they had t-bot who is a technical guru genius and he was on whatsapp with each of us djs helping us with our setup explaining how it all works like he was absolutely phenomenal and he got us all enabled to do those first live streams through Groove Cruise and if it wasn't for that I don't know if I would have started live streaming from home because I was of the mindset of like I just don't have the right setup and I you know I was like I just don't know if I can make it work so thanks to Groove Cruise I did those first few live streams and and at least I had some way to play my music you know and it because up until that point in the pandemic I'd been really struggling quite a bit like we all had and I was like what is my purpose now everything I've worked towards with regards to because like Groove Cruise was my big thing that i would worked towards for quite a few years and I was working towards my US shows and and it was all working in the right direction and I was so happy and then boom it was all gone and it was not only that that was gone it was my radio shows in the UK my shows like on at the lovely beach bar in the corner everything gone and I was like i I, and I don't know what's going to happen. And I kind of felt like I, I, you know, and I was lucky that I had my teaching because that still gave me my purpose. Um, and then I remember just thinking, well, I'm going to try doing some live streams just to give me a reason to keep playing music and making music. Cause that was the thing I was struggling. I was like, I don't feel like writing any house music now. I feel like I have nothing, you know, I just want to sit at my piano and write really sad songs, (laughs) which was cathartic. Um, And yeah, started doing the live streams and just the way that you can have this lovely community on Twitch and you can make the streams your own. So my stream, as you know, is a little bit more PG 13 and you know, like, because I want it to kind of be the stream that my mum can listen to and my friend's kids can listen into. And I kind of love that vibe, but I also love that you can, you know, have your stream, how you want, Um, and just the wonderful community. I've been able to build up on my stream but you know the general way that it's it works it seems to be so supportive and I love how there's this DJ network that are really supporting each other there on Twitch and I think that's really really good and when we do come out of the pandemic there's going to be I think quite a lot of really wonderful meetups of these people who've come together online and then actually get to meet in real life and it'll be amazing
0: (laughs) I, I totally agree. Um, to kind of go back, well, Twitch is it was been my pastime recently, but, uh, you know, I've hopped into your stream and a lot of other streams I mentioned from house Fridays and I'm usually Sundays with doc Brown and all kinds of great artists out there. Um, but well you mentioned something about how you, you not, you're not sure that Twitch is going to continue because of the copyright issues. Now, I know a lot of DJs to kind of get through those issues kind of don't always keep their streams up afterwards to to ensure that there's no strikes against them. But I also feel like Twitch is also on the precipice of like greatness because the music side of it has just grown so exponentially Mm because most people thought of it as just a straight streaming platform Mm -hmm. uh, for like gaming and other um, topics. But I think do you think that it's you know when people start going to tour again and and maybe uh change kind of their routines again do you think it'll it'll be prolonged for the industry or do you think that people some people might do both what what is your your thoughts on that
1: i think there will be quite a lot of djs which will do both because you can connect with a really wide range of people in one place on twitch and that i think is really really special what i think might happen as well is that djs may start live streaming from their shows more so um i don't know if you follow uh, on twitch shinta loves house music she's um, yeah. yeah. I- she's a great DJ from Bali and I think at the moment I don't know what things like but at the moment they've been able to go she was able to do um her show from Cafe Del Mar in Bali so she was there actually doing hugging, but live streaming as well and I think that there may be more things that DJs might do with that ilk they might do you know a few more kind of Behind the scenes live things on Twitch, maybe like a bit of chatting before a show or come and see us rehearse, like that kind of thing. So I think I, I, I think um that it will be maybe a bit more of a hybrid than it was before, and I think that what's been good is that Twitch is a really good platform for encouraging people to contribute to support the artists that they really love and i think that's really lovely about the way that the platform is built and their subscription model i think is really really good as well Uh, and because twitch is owned by amazon I do think that the opportunities are there to sort it out with regards to the music licensing. And I do think the budget must be there as well because the amount that the DJs are bringing in for the platform must be huge. And add into that the fact that it's Amazon and that Mr. Bezos, I think he's uh, sitting on quite a nice pile of money there. So, you know, out of any of this kind of streaming platforms that are doing it i think twitch has got the incentive to get it all sorted the problem is is that at the moment like if you play tracks that are released on the really big labels so like for example now unfortunately i don't play anything on spinning because it's owned by i think it's warner and it's those big three labels warner universal and sony that are clamping down on Twitch because they're the ones that are seeing such a, a big loss of income because they're such big enterprises so if you play like a lot more underground music if you play lots of music from indie labels or you know you're friends with artists that do shows and you maybe play like upcoming stuff or stuff that's just released you've got a much better chance of flying under the radar but the problem with Facebook was that you could do that for a while but it got to the point where even if you played a track that had like a sample from something else on it you could get pulled because of that and then I think it just got to the point where Facebook were getting such a bad rep that they were like do you know what we can't do any live streams where you know in terms of music and that's when they kind of pulled the whole thing so I really hope that it doesn't go that way with Twitch and I do think if you're creating new music you would still be able to obviously go and do that but it's just for us DJs uh, and obviously we can get permission from the labels that we work with to play their music and we can get permission from the artists. So all is not lost, but um, it might require us to be a bit more creative as well. <laughs> I might be playing a lot of Lizzie Curious back catalog music.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. Um, so you mi- we've mentioned the Groove Cruise. So I think we should we should break this down. So first, the Groove Cruise does have a Twitch channel and they've been doing a series of live streams called Cabin Fever. Mm-hmm. that has been raising a lot of money for their wet foundation, um, to help those in need in the community, uh, during this time. And I've stood, I've tuned into that and you're one of the first DJs to, to get on that series, but let's talk about the Groove Crews as a whole. Let's talk about the experience. Cause I finally was able to go on it in 2020, right? Before everything shut down and now I'm like addicted, but, um, Let's talk about your experiences and being a resident DJ on the Groove Cruise because you try to explain it to people that haven't been on it and they just look at you with those eyes like, what, like, it's not EDC, it's not some other festival, it's on a cruise ship, like, explain kind of your your experiences. On the
1: well, I first went on Groove Cruise in 2017 uh, and it was the, when I had uh, released my track You're Not Alone Scotty uh, and he basically uh, uh, Mm, what's the word, enabled it so that I could go on with him and sing the track live. So I sang it at the Sail Away party, which was amazing. And he also got me a gig in the silent disco. Uh, And when I just got on there, I just got onto that ship. I could not believe how fun it was, like, and how nice everyone was. And consider it, I think that's the thing. I think it is just... A combination of people who are truly kind uh people who really appreciate having a chance to escape from the stresses and the pressures of everyday life uh and so when they're there on that ship you know a lot of people it's there some it's not like um i don't know when you're a bit younger and you can go out every weekend and pick and choose the clubs you know like as we get a bit older we have different commitments so I think a lot of people use Groove Cruise as their kind of destination trip where they can forget about everything else and the fact that you've got all of these amazing artists on the ship and there's something any time of day, which you can go and enjoy uh, and then add into that, because the thing is like, I've never really liked music festivals. I've always liked the idea of them, but I am just not good without my creature comforts. So I have gone to Glastonbury and I did camp and I didn't really enjoy it. If I'm honest, there were some amazing moments like seeing Paul McCartney and uh, there was, you know, some brilliant aspects. Uh, but I just I just know I like a warm shower and I like a nice bed to sleep in and also like the big festivals I've always found you can end up doing like a lot of walking around like to get to another stage (laughs) it's kind of exhausting and on group cruise if you're like ah that set was brilliant right okay what should we do now all right we've got half an hour and then so and so starts. great Uh, I'll pop to the room freshen up go to the buffet, grab a quick bowl of something to eat, eat that, get a drink, and then I'm there dancing to the next DJ. And when it's my DJ set, I can run downstairs, get my DJ bag, you know, come bouncing up in my T2 and my sequin jacket and be like, right, let's go. And I think everybody is really approachable and friendly. And the friends that you make there are really, really special. Um, and it's, it's like a connection that you have. And it is just so happy and joyful um and everyone is really accepting you know there's no judgment and um it is just a really happy place and then add into the fact of that that you're in the middle of the ocean so you know it's really feels at the same time as being like massive like amazing sensory stimulation of like huge events and sound systems and stages and then you can turn around and you've just got the ocean like right there behind you and you can breathe in that clean ocean air and it just yeah it is really I think a unique experience uh, and very special and I think it is fantastic I love it and I'm very happy very happy that I'm resident with such an amazing party
0: I agree I mean Like I said, I I got to find the go because usually it's either sold out or work got in the way in the past, so I wasn't able to to go, Uh, but finally made it happen. And now it's just like I'm going to make it happen because once you go once, it's like it's all over. (laughs) Um, And I went I didn't I didn't even go with the crew. I ended up going by myself because the people that were going to come with me had to back out. But I also knew other people that were going. So it was just nice to meet up with everybody and then meet new people and see everybody's sets as much as you could because there's so much going on at the same time but yeah it's one of those things where when you can look behind like when you're at the buffet and then you go out to well on the old ship we were on be able just to like go out in that kind of patio dining area and listen to like the terrace as you're eating your 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 food and see the sunset of the ocean it's like there's nothing you can't it's hard to describe but it's like the most picturesque thing you could experience because it's just, everybody's just chilling, having a good time. And yeah, and I agree, like, everybody's so nice and accommodating. Like, you don't see that at a normal festival. There's or, or even club gigs, because everybody's there for their own reasons, so.
1: Well, this is the thing, when I first started going out clubbing back in the late 90s and early 2000s, um, we would, I would go to a club with like a couple of my friends from Guildford or from uni, and again, because this was how long ago it was, not many of us even had mobile phones. Um, so we would say, right, well, are you going to go to this tonight? Yeah, okay, I'll meet you here by the speakers in two weeks' time. And... I remember going and going on my own to meet these friends I've made, but thinking, well, I really hope they'll be there. But if they're not, it doesn't matter because I'll just make new friends. And getting to the club, and actually I think pretty much every time those friends were there, but just making a whole load of new friends. And that's how it feels on Groove Cruise is that you will just make friends every, every direction you walk in because people are so nice. And I also do wonder if the fact that you're not having to trudge across like muddy car parks or fields or you've had you know when you do want to rest you can go down to your cabin and have a good whether it's a 40 minute nap or a six hour sleep so in general people are less kind of like fatigued so they've got that like energy to be able to be really nice and considerate because they're not like completely exhausted and having trekked through like five muddy fields to get to the stage or something
0: (laughs) right yeah i think that's the the beauty of it is you you can When there is time in between sets or or there's not Mm -hmm. sets going on maybe early in the morning it's good Mm -hmm. to like refresh get your breakfast some people go to the gym on the cruise which i those dedicated people um some people get and the other thing is you know you have activities on these ships so you can go to the spa even and so it's just one of those things where it's kind of Indeed. Everything you want in a vacation is, like, right at your fingertips. So yeah, I
1: remember That first year I went, I played uh, crazy golf with Cosmic Gate. That was great. Um, obviously, like, singing with Scotty Boy and then uh, getting off the ship. And we went to uh, Turks and Caicos. And Scotty and I shot the video there for You're Not Alone. where we did some of it, like, on the beach. It was amazing. And I was like, this is just unbelievable. And every trip since has been amazing. And when I get on the ship on that first day, it just feels like Christmas to me. But obviously different to Christmas. But I will just be going around to everyone, hugging them and saying like, "Happy Groove Cruise! Happy Groove Cruise!" It is like the happiest place on earth.
0: (laughs) It is even more than Disneyland. I. I, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But before we go, I do want to talk about your recent releases and what you have upcoming uh, because it's exciting, and I know. I've heard some of it on your Twitch streams. Uh, So those that haven't followed Lizzie on Twitch, it's uh, at Lizzie Curious, correct? Yeah, that is it. Perfect, so let's talk about your your recent releases and your upcoming and all the excitement going on
1: well the big one that I'll talk about and I always kind of laugh now because I've said it so many times on my twitch stream but it was my track that came out on tour room uh at the end of November so tour room for me is a label that I have been for like the last 10 years just absolutely the biggest fan of um I love Mark Knight and I love the, the the music they put out and like When I was before the pandemic, my radio show, like every show I did was full of touring tracks. And when we were on Groove Island back in 2019, uh, Mark Knight had a touring stage there. And I remember uh, having a chat with him afterwards uh, and just saying to him, like, he sort of, you know, he vaguely knows who I am, like, um, in any case, I'm sort of just saying hi. And, and then I said, like, I'm working really hard on my productions. And when I've got something that I feel is good enough, or I feel is right. I'd love to send it over to you. And he's like, yeah, I definitely do that. Um, so that was great. So I, you know, I've been working on the last few years really kind of, like honing my kind of like funky groovy kind of sound um so I had this idea for a track I wanted to do a track that kind of well basically the whole idea from the track came that I said I want to make a track that I feel Fatboy Slim would play that was like my kind of thing like Fatboy Slim is my number one favorite DJ from his productions to his sets everything about him I think is fantastic um so I was like, oh, like, imagine if I could write a track that he would play. So I kind of, and I was like, so what is it about his sets that I, I love? I love the energy. And they're really, they really kind of have like a carnival fun vibe to them, you know? So it's like trumpets or steel drums or things like that. And in fact, I had done a remix a few years ago of Nine Toast Finder, which Fatboy Slim had been playing. So I was kind of halfway there with my dream. Um, so I was like, I want to make a track like that. So I just started hunting around for really cool kind of track trumpet horn samples and I spent like a day kind of going through um, loads of old sort of Latin American kind of things and I found this one sample and I was like "Ah, oh, yeah I just I think this has something about it so I made like a rough track and then sent it to my friend James Her, who is like a production god he is yeah, he's just a brilliant person to work with. And uh, he actually does like a lot of engineering for a lot of the tour artists. So I sent it to him I was like, what do you think? Would you be interested in collaborating? And he really loved it and was like, yeah, let's do this. So the resulting track, I just think is such a nice blend because it has that kind of uplifting, fun, lizzy, curious energy to it. And it's got the trumpets and the horns. And it's got the groove, but it's like a tech house groove. So it just yeah, it just kind of ticks so many different boxes and the response we got from it has been brilliant. Uh, Boy Slim said he loved it, which was obviously amazing for me. Mark Knight really got behind it played it on his radio show. And, and, you know, we've had some great support from other DJs to hit loads of, you know, great spots on the charts. Uh, and, you know, the, a lot of the things people were saying was like, oh God, like just wait till the summer when we can play this, like, you know, out to people. So having that track out on tour room has been brilliant. Uh, me and James are working uh, on our follow-up track at the moment, which I'm very excited about. And then um, another thing that's been great uh the past year pandemic notwithstanding has been working with a brilliant label called in it together records um they're based in london which is obviously you know uh, really close to me and um they're the sister label of let there be house and they're just run by such nice genuine people and i had a release with them february last year which did really well and i was actually due to go and do a show with them in london and it was just in those couple of weeks where things were starting to get a little bit concerning about the pandemic and it was at the point where our government hadn't put any kind of rules in place but promoters and clubbers were saying we just uh, don't feel comfortable about bringing people together. So it was a show that I'd been really looking forward to. And actually when I went to message, uh, jazz who runs the label and events and say look i'm really sorry but i just don't think it would be a good idea for me to come and play he was about to message me and say i'm really sorry but we don't think at the moment bringing people together in a crowded sort of underground space is the right thing to do so that was last march and i had been so looking forward to meeting them all and um but well, uh, I have had several releases with them over the past year. So I've been collaborating with a brilliant Italian artist called Rhythm Staircase. And we did Disco Duck, which um, got to the top five on Tracks on Jack in the House and it's just really fun tune i like making really fun tunes or tunes that make you happy or you know make you feel uplifted or energized so i've got my new track with rhythm staircase on in it together records coming out next friday well this friday in fact so friday the 15th of january I'm gonna have a big release party on Twitch on my Twitch channel next Friday, and uh, it's also being remixed at the moment by a production duo I really like called Eighty Four Bits. So very excited about that, and I should have a release coming out under my Melody Smith alias in February. So you remember towards the start of our chat, I was saying. I've always had, like, a really soft spot for trance and progressive, and I've done a lot of vocals, so last year I kind of uh, created Melody Smith uh, to be the kind of alias for when I want to write vocals of that ilk, so things that are maybe more dreamy, or, like, perspective, or emotional, or, you know, maybe even, like, kind of sad So I think I should have a Melody Smith track coming out uh, in February. And I've, yeah, I've just finished a collaboration with Rescue, who's a house DJ that I love. So waiting to see uh, what label that will be released on, but that should be coming out soon. And I'm just, yeah, really, you know, grateful for the Twitch channel that I've got and my lovely fans because that is giving me the incentive to write the new music and play it.
0: Uh, a birdie, I, I, e. Doc Brown told me you guys are working on a collab. Is that true?
1: Yes, we are. It's so close to being finished. I need to go and just record a few extra uh, vocal elements <laughs> for it. Uh, that was my dog barking, by the way. If anyone heard? <laughs> it, I wonder what it was. Um, but uh, I had to reconfigure a lot of things in my studio. <laughs> I had to reconfigure things in my studio to set it up for the live streaming. So I don't have a vocal booth at the moment. So I need to kind of just rejig some things. But as soon as those little vocal elements are done, which I'm hoping will be next week, it will be finished. And I'm really excited about it. Really That's exciting. Cool. It has big piano riff. It has a lovely main hook that I think is just, just, yeah, just, so identifiable so yeah and it has doc brown's like really just that solid tech house groove you know that yeah so yeah it will be really good to get that finished
0: <laughs> that's exciting well uh, i don't want to give you too long because of the time difference but uh, thank you so much for joining this episode and we can i'm happy that you can make this happen um i do want to put up on the screen for those watching live because thank you to the five or six of you that have been tuned in the whole time uh i see you out there i know you're not really talking but i see you um thank you i want to put up uh definitely check out uh lizzie's website for all the details to get to her uh twitch channel as well as spotify she has a great best of curious Ah, uh, playlist that I uh, put up on my socials as oh, well yeah, yesterday. Thank you. So check that out because it's all her greatest hits, and you'll definitely be dancing. Um, but
1: yeah, maybe, um, maybe would you be so kind as to put a Spotify link directly? If any of your fans would love to, sure,
0: I'll I'll, I'll blast that out. Mm-hmm. And um, where else, other than here, other than your website, where else can people find you on social media?
1: Um, Mixcloud, I've got so many mixes on there and loads of Groove Cruise mixes as well. So if you are missing like I am that Groove Cruise energy this weekend uh, or you just want some feel-good uplifting vibes in general, uh, yeah, I've got a playlist on Mixcloud of all of my mixes I've done for Groove Cruise. There's like my one where I open for Cascade on the beach, there's my Deep House brunch one, like all sorts. So yeah, please do, uh, yeah, you can check that out on Mixed Cloud. And uh, obviously Spotify, uh, and of course I'm also like on all of all of the streaming platforms. Um, but Spotify is the one where I have um, my house music playlist on there, and my best of Lizzie Curious. And uh, Instagram, if you want visual, nice, happy, uplifting images, generally packed with some kind of like sparkly attire or <laughs> something ridiculously bright and colourful, <laughs> come and uh, yeah, come and say hi on Instagram. And I'm on Twitter as well and Facebook, pretty much everything apart from TikTok. (laughs) I didn't get TikTok, but now Instagram has Reels, so I just—I don't know if you saw—I just made a great little reel from loads of my groove cruise
0: clips, like of me and. I did right before this, and I was like, "Yes, that's awesome!" (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in, and um, those that will be listening to this in audio form. Be on the lookout uh, for your feeds and uh, thank you again, Lizzie, for joining me.
1: It's a real pleasure. And yeah, thank you, Brooke, because it has been like a very isolating year. So just having the chance to just chat to someone is so nice, you know, I just talk to my dog a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I agree. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much and yeah thank you very much for supporting me as well and um, for anyone who's listening or watching this back please do yeah Fridays on Twitch uh, is I'm there um, 4pm UK time which is uh, 11am Eastern time and it is we just got such a lovely group of friendly people in the chat it's so nice, so positive, so happy. And I really try to play, like, lots of uplifting music. Uh, sometimes I theme the shows. So, like, this Friday just gone, I did uh, all kind of groove crews, like, happy big anthems and uplifting tunes next week I'm going to do a showcase of my favorite tracks to minute together and let there be house because of my new release coming out um and sometimes I'll be doing crazy things like before Christmas I dress up as a curious little elf so uh, as you can tell I, do, I just really like to you know have fun and hope that uh you know make people happy and sprinkle some like positivity out there for everybody
0: all right well thank you and talk to everybody out uh and about in internet land and thank you again
1: it's a pleasure take care have a lovely saturday bye